What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Legion of Impact. My name is Anthony, and I am here with my co-host, Avery, um, in a different location, but uh, we're here nonetheless. And uh, eighth, ninth times the charm here with technical difficulties on the streaming end. Um, pretty frustrating. But today, we wanted to talk about uh, how the military kind of set us up um, in life, the things that we've learned, and um, how it kind of relates to business and, um, you know, just going throughout everyday life. Um, and this is all in light of the Marine Corps birthday and Veterans Day. Um, so just touching on that, I think we can start with maybe um, our favorite topic, which is leadership, right? Um, I think, I mean, leadership is, in my opinion, the most important thing because it translates to all walks of life. Um, you know, no matter what you're doing, it, it relates to it. Um, and you know, just working with so many different people in the Marine Corps from all over the globe, I think really, uh, taught us a lot about it, about leadership specifically and how to lead men and women. Um, mm -hmm. are there some key things that like, you know, stick out to you when you think about leadership in the Marine Corps? Yeah, I mean, the um, the biggest thing about leadership that I personally learned in the Marine Corps as a leader um, is people first and people always, right? And, and, you know, we had a saying prior to every deployment that if you didn't have your shit squared away in your household, if your family wasn't squared away, if your finances weren't squared away, any of that stuff, uh, then you wouldn't be squared away on deployment, yeah. um, which you would be a liability. And that the same is true in business or in life or uh, wherever in relationships. If you don't have yourself squared away, if you don't have um, maybe your finances or maybe your job or uh, any of that kind of stuff, um, you're a liability to every other aspect uh, in your life. And For sure. So, so when, when I say people first and people always, uh, on the leadership perspective, you have to pay attention to what's going on in your people's, your subordinates life, yep. right? The people you lead expect you to lead by example. And if you're, if you're not leading by example, number one in your own life, but also caring about what's going on in their life. That's not going to be a successful deployment. That's not going to be a successful Marine when they become an NCO or a staff NCO, right? They're probably going to get out of the Marine Corps at that point because you didn't care about them. Yeah. So the, the first thing, and I think the biggest thing is that people always come first. And uh, when they have their shit taken care of and squared away, the mission is going to be 10 times easier. Right. And so how do you do that, though? How do you make sure everyone's shit is taken care of and squared away? Because, I mean, like one of the things that I learned kind of on that note is that you can't treat everybody the same way. Right. Because there's there's people who come from completely different backgrounds where if you say, you know, in the Marine Corps, if you yelled at them, if you screamed at them, they're just going to shut you out. They're not going to listen to you. Right. But then there's yeah. some people who are receptive of that. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, and then there's some people who it's damn near impossible to get to, but, you know, I, I think as a leader, it's, it's important to recognize those people who you can't communicate with because they're just not receptive yep. of anything and mm -hmm. completely, um, take them out of the mission. Otherwise they're going to be a liability well, to that mission yeah, until they learn. There, there's right? always going to be. There's always going to be people that uh, aren't that aren't going to be led, right? And in in that case, they're never going to be a good leader. Yeah. Um. But leadership is not a one size fits all. You can't you can't do the same thing over and over and over again with different people. That's not how human beings work. Right. Um. And so so it's a tailored approach, just like. Just like in, um, you know, uh, in real estate, 
buying a house is not the same for everybody. Your goal in buying a house might be an investment project, right? But if I treat you like you're a first-time home buyer, I'm going to lose your business because I clearly am not taking the time to understand your wants and needs and where yeah. you are uh, in relation to the process and where you are in relation to life, right? Yeah. Um, so leadership's not a one-size-fits-all. You do have to kind of cater to each individual person. Um, not to say that uh, some people get uh, preferred treatment or better treatment than others or anything like that. No, you just have to, you have to, you have to treat them, um, in a way that's conducive to learning for them. Right. Um, because you know, uh, there's a lot of people go through school and they're an in-person learner, right. Yeah. And, and they want to be in class. They want to, um, they want to do it that way. Uh, but for me, I would much rather do it online um, and uh, do it on my own schedule and when, you know, when I can at my own pace. Right. Um, so, you know, the same is true for leadership. You can't, you, it's not a one size fits all. Uh, and you just have to take the time to know, to, to learn your, the personalities of your subordinates, the people you lead and figure out what's going to make them tick. Um, and that is a relationship process. Yeah. That's not well, something overnight. Right. It's, it's understanding and getting a, a, uh, a full depth of understanding of the things that they care about. Right. And also kind of diving into, uh, their life. Um, right. You know, because I remember one time specifically, there was one, th there was one kid who, um, I wouldn't say he got picked on, but he always like did stupid things, um, you yeah. know, so he would he'd he'd get yelled at quite a bit. Right. But there was one time in particular where I noticed because we are friends, but um, I was I was a uh, uh, I got promoted faster than him. So there was a time specifically where I remembered that um, or he I, I recognized that he wasn't acting right. And um, so you know, I, I, I told the other leaders, the other people in my rank, I think I was a corporal at the time, like, hey, you know, chill out for a second on this dude. Let's figure out what the fuck's going on because he's not he doesn't seem right. And so I I went and I, I sat him down and we, we had a conversation like basically it was just like, dude, what's going on? Like, you don't seem like your same self, you know, and. Um, he's like, yeah, like my cousin was in a flight over San Francisco and the plane went down and he died. And, uh, so that was something that was like eye opening. It was like, holy shit, you know, these other people, the other NCOs, the other leaders in our platoon need to know this because if they're going to put him on blast, like, yeah, the mission still goes on. Right. But if they're going to put him on blast, he's going to be far less receptive than he would be on a normal day. So maybe like take yeah. it easy on him and let him uh, kind of do things, not at his own pace, but like kind of try and cater to him a little bit more. Um, just mm -hmm. be a little bit more, uh, I don't know what the word would be, just relaxed when talking to him because he's obviously in an emotional state right Understanding, now. Understanding, empathetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, whereas if you're going to yell at him, he's just going to, he'll probably break down, you know. But, but part of, but part of that is learning and actually having a relationship and conversations with your people. Um, right. I know, yeah. That, that's I know what I'm saying. Too, yeah. I know. And, and I know far too many people that run a team, uh, yet they, they can't tell you, you know, uh, their employees, kids names. Right. right. Or, or maybe, maybe that's a little too far out there. Um, they don't know that they have kids, right? Like that's something that you should probably know. Like, is your employee uh, going to be requesting some time off to take their kid to a doctor's appointment sometime? Right. Right. And that can be, that can be, you know, indicative of um, if maybe they're not responding the way they typically do. 
Um, right. I mean, is something going on in their life? Is it, is it their kid? Is it their wife? Is it their family back home? Um, right. Like what's going on in their life. And if you don't take the time to actually build rapport and have a relationship with your people, you're not going to be able to, um, figure out, you're not going to be able to spot when they're having those difficulties, when they're right. having, uh, that trouble, you're just going to think they're being a dick instead. Yeah. Um, so you know, you do have to have that relationship. You have to be able to like, and I'm sure you being friends with that kid, uh, played into it because, you know, not, not every manager, not every leader is going to be friends with their, with their people, but they should have an understanding of what's going on in their life, or at least have a conversation around it or be open to having a conversation around it. Um, but I'm sure, you know, for you just being friends with him, uh, definitely helped in that situation no it absolutely did because i mean basically you know with that given situation it allowed us to be able to give him a little bit of time and you know let him process things and just we didn't necessarily need him that day so you know it's like hey you got a lot going on at home like go call your family go do what you got to do um and you know like we'll expect you to be back here you know in uh, tomorrow. And if things are still kind of crazy, then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it type thing. We'll tailor to the situation, I guess. But, you know, without a conversation like that, without people actually knowing their people or managers or leaders knowing their people, they wouldn't be able to have that conversation. They wouldn't be able to do those type of things. And basically that's going to force that employee or that team member or whatever out of your team. Um, yep. Or, you know, go, I mean, in today's age, go file complaints with HR or something, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, we, the, the other, I mean, the other thing is we, we see it in real estate where uh, team leads can't even be approached by their team members because, right. you know, they, the team members might feel like they're too busy. They're, they're bothering the leader or something like that. And they can't request information from them. They can't get answers from them. They can't you know, even communicate with them. And right. that's, I mean, that's an issue because there's got to be that's that comfort. Breakdown. Like, yeah. yeah, you like, you know, you have to, um, you have to be able to have a level of discipline with your team or your employees or, you know, subordinates, but you also have to be approachable. You also have right. to be the one that's there for them when they need you. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that, it's a hard That's, line that, for people to, yeah. That that plays into the whole concept around inspect what you expect, right? And and I'll I'll tie that that in here in a second. But um, a lot of people uh, will just bark out orders, right? They right. bark out orders and or tell their people to do it a certain way, uh, or this is how the team does it, right? And they expect them to do that, yet they don't check in. They don't, they don't have that open door policy where, Hey, stop in anytime. If you have a question, you know, definitely research it first. But if you have a question, you know, feel free to stop in anytime. Um, they don't, they don't do that, which leads the subordinates, the, the rest like the team members to seek out advice from someone else. That's not necessarily their team lead. Um, and if the team leader was inspecting what they expected, right, in business, uh, in the Marine Corps is huge, uh, they would come up on some of those things, right? They, they, would, uh, they would be in tune to the fact that, hey, you're not there for us as much as we need you to be, mm-hmm. right? Because I guarantee you there are things that they're dropping the ball on that the team leader has no fucking clue about. Right. So if they were actually inspecting, the you know standards that they put in place the processes that they put in place so on and so forth they would realize that their team members are unintentionally to no fault of their own dropping the ball and ultimately it's the responsibility of that leader because they're not around as much and so when you inspect what you expect you're forced to come up with a solution and you have to figure out where that solution is going to come from 
typically, right. if you're a good leader, it starts with you. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, so that, that leads me to thinking about, um, you know, the, like evaluations, right? So evaluating, you, you say inspect what you expect, but more or less, I guess, uh, in layman's terms, evaluating, right? And you're looking at maybe the job performance of somebody. And so when it does come time to like a leader should be setting up regular, whether it's weekly, monthly, uh, quarterly, whatever meetings with their, with each of their subordinates one-on-one time, and then maybe a team meeting as well, um, trickled throughout there. But you know, what used to drive me crazy and it still happens because I was on a real estate team that kind of did this, right. Was they, it would come time for, and, uh, the job that, um, the nine to five job that we, you and I both worked, this happened. Um, you'd call a meeting, right. And basically the point of the meeting is the evaluation. Hey, how am I doing? Or, Hey, I'm going to let you know how you're doing if you're the leader. Right. So right. when you, when you go in as a subordinate and your leader is telling you, Oh yeah, you're like everything you're doing is is great. Keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing, and um, you know you should be in line for promotion or you know whatever. Like, if you're a leader and you're telling your subordinates that all you have to do is do what you're doing, then yeah. you know that is for one that's a mistake. That I mean that's it's completely irresponsible as a leader because when it comes time for promotion and that person does not get promoted. They're going to come back to you with a paper trail basically saying, what the fuck? You told me I didn't have to do anything. Just do the same thing I've been doing for the past six months and I would get promoted. And now I'm not getting promoted. So you lied to me. Like, what the hell? That, that That actually happened with me. You know, I would have these reviews said I was doing fantastic and um, that you know, I should start looking at some, some promotional, pos- uh, positions and whatnot. And, uh, then when it came time for raises, um, you didn't get, I them. got the standard raise. Yeah. Right. And also when I asked for a higher raise for more money, um, they told me, Oh, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. And it's, well, you're telling me all these great things. Like I should be promoted and all this stuff. Why, why can't you just pay? Why can't you pay me more? Right? Why can't you promote me and pay me more? Right? So why are you telling me all of this stuff? And so the evaluations, the evaluations are, um, all of that is resemblant of a leader who has nothing else to talk about. That right. what that really tells you is that they don't watch you hard enough or long enough um, to actually uh, determine whether or not you deserve a. Um, higher raise or not right? nor, like, nor do they're they not think, they're not doing right nor right. do they think of their role as a leader as important because if they thought right. that it was important then they would be jotting down notes and stuff every time that they saw you do doing something and they would correct that they would let you know what, what you're doing well and what you're not doing well right yeah. so so i mean yeah it's you know, with, with that, with that said, I actually had a Marine, um, who she, she kept fucking up and, um, you know, we had our weekly meetings, um, and I had kept notes on some things that she was, she wasn't doing wrong, but just that, um, there were better ways, more efficient ways to do it that I don't think she knew about. Um, and so I would uh, write in my notebook, you know, talk to so-and-so about this, suggest yeah. this concept or idea or whatever, right for me. Well, uh, there was a situation where I was out of the office and I needed her to grab something uh, for me and bring it to whoever. Um and she grabbed the wrong notebook and she read through it and she saw her name in there and she got upset. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, that weekly meeting maybe should have been dealt with that day. 
right? Those, those specific instances maybe should have been dealt with that day. And to that point, uh, that's correct, right? There are certain things that need to be addressed right away. Oh, um, for sure. And there are certain things that can wait until the weekly or bi-weekly meeting or whatever yep. it is. Um, but uh, there were there were a couple things in that uh, in that notebook that probably should have been addressed uh, right away, and she got upset that it wasn't um, because she did that same thing every single week or uh, the whole week. And that was my part. That was my fault as a leader, um, where I felt like I failed her because I didn't give her the proper feedback um, in you know a reasonable amount of time. Right, the feedback loop in leadership is not always going to be that weekly cycle. It's not right. always going to be biweekly or monthly. Sometimes it's daily. Sometimes it's weekly. Sometimes it's fucking every six months. Right. Right. So we need to make sure that we're tailoring our feedback loops, um, situation dependent, right? Situation specific, because it's not always just going to be that weekly, uh, that weekly meeting. <clears throat> um, and I feel like too many leaders and I did, uh, get hung up on that weekly meeting. And um, yeah, and, and so we need they, to make sure Yeah, they they just wait until that that meeting and you know, I, I mean, I remember it um I remember in the Marine Corps, that could be that could be life or death in the Marine Oh, Corps. for sure. For sure. And or, um you know, successful mission or failure. Yep. Um or I mean, if in a in a leader's case in the in the military if if you're tasked with briefing the battalion commander to, um, for you guys to be slated to go out on a mission to do a mission over another unit, right? I mean, it's it's critical that you can uh, discuss things like that. If if you know if your team is fucking up, right, you need to handle that right then and there, because if that or you know if that battalion commander comes back to you and says like you know, hey, what's going on here? And and you're saying, oh, sir, I don't know. I'll, I'll wait until, you know, the the weekly meeting I, I'm going to discuss with them. You know, he's going to be like, the fuck? Like, we're not yeah. sending you out on that mission then because there's, there's that gap that you have there in, in leadership. Yep. And so, you know, that 100% determines your capabilities as a team. You know, yeah. If you if you can't handle yeah. it right then and there, and it's a a serious situation, something that needs to be handled, and you decide to yep. wait, I mean that could be critical to uh, mission accomplishment or you know whatever your project is at work. You know. Yep. Um, same thing in real estate. I know you you always yell at me about uh, urgency, right? Yeah. Um, and you know in real estate, if there's a, a part of a contract or something like that, then that is fairly time sensitive or um, if there's something that's going on, that's time sensitive. It's not like, Hey, you know, wait until a, lo a lot of people have a, a weekly follow up with their clients, right? Where yeah. they reach out every Friday or they call them every Monday or whatever it is. Right. Here's, here's your updates, Mr. Seller or buyer or whatever. Well, sometimes that has to be that day because if it's not mm -hmm. that day, you're going to miss a deadline. And then the deal is yep. going to fall apart. And when the deal falls apart, now you no longer have clients because they ditched you. So, yep. you know. Yep. Well, well, yeah, that's, you know, all the way uh, on, on Shoreway, all the way up until um, they ended up getting a contract. I'm fucking breathing down this, this buyer's agent's throat uh, or neck, I mean, to, to – see if he could get his clients home sold right and like i guarantee that he hated me um because I, i'm texting him every single day multiple times a day asking him if he got a contract and when he told me that he didn't get a contract that day it's okay well why what 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 are what are you doing wrong what's going on with this listing why isn't the house selling right we need this contract because Otherwise, our sale over here falls apart, right? right? And so then uh, I'm doing all of that, and then uh, we get um, closer, 
right? Like pretty fucking close to the deadline where he's like looking at an extension. And then all of a sudden you become urgent about it. And, yeah. uh, and like, well, where the hell was this the last three weeks trying to get the contract? Well, so anyway, wh yeah. Wh what's that age old saying of, uh, you know, if you want somebody to get something done, uh, schedule a vacation or something like that. Right. Yeah. Cause they're going to, they're going to hold off all their work until they have three hours before they get off work for their vacation. Then they're going to get everything fucking done. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, what I did in the Marine Corps all the time is um, if there was something I had to delegate, which you should delegate a fair amount. Um, but if there was something that I had to delegate, uh, I would tip and it was time sensitive. I would typically give always guy. give it to the busiest person. Yep. Yeah. Um, because they will find a way to get that done. Uh, yeah. plus whatever it is else that they have to do. Right. Um, you know, the busiest person is typically going to be the most go-getter. Yeah. And when you're a go-getter and you have urgency, it doesn't mean you're a bulldog, you know, uh, like a, a bull in a, a China shop or whatever you call it, but you're, you're just, you're hustling to get shit done. Right. And, and you don't care how you get it done as long as you get it done. Yep. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing with like people that are busy and with leadership is like you selectively choose those people that are so busy because you know, they will not have analysis paralysis. Yeah. Right. That's not even going to be a fucking factor because they have so much to do. They can't afford to have analysis paralysis. And you know, I, I find that for me, some of the best decisions I make are when I'm the busiest. Well, it's, um, it's the concept of ready, fire, aim, right? It's, yep. it's you, you, you take the shot and then you readjust, right? And you yep. re-zero in. But yeah, real quick, I wanted to touch upon is like, you know, Jocko talks about it at all. When you, when you're talking about um, uh, talking to that agent, trying to push him, you know, to get going or whatever. Jocko talks about the dichotomy of leadership, right? Where yeah. it's kind of a fine line where if, if you're pushing too hard, then that yeah. person's just going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I, I really don't like doing business with this person or I really don't like dealing with this person. I'm just going to, we're going to back out. We're not going to meet the deadline or, you know, whatever. If you're too light on them, they're, not going to get it done because they don't care enough. They're not urgent enough, yeah. right? So you have to find that delicate middle ground where there is maybe maybe they're going to be a little bit like agitated, a little bit pissed off, but they're not so mad where they're going to just shut down or leave or, you know, get out of yeah. the deal or whatever. Um but, you know, they're going to work to get it done. Um, well, there, so there is a way to, there I was, is I was a way say, to instill that urgency. Yeah. I was going to say, thankfully, it sounds like you did that with this guy. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, well, it, this is it didn't, a guy that we want on our team. Yeah. And, and, and so, so with him, it was like, look, man, and, and he's a newer agent. So he, is looking to me for a lot of advice too and asking me questions and whatnot. And I knew that as long as he's engaged, then I can continue to push him. Yeah. As soon as he starts to get frustrated, I ease back, right? Like you don't want him to be frustrated. You don't want him to think like we're not on the same team because we're on the same fucking team, right? We're all on the same team trying to get the same fucking goal done. Right. So right. the second he starts to believe that we're not on the same team is the second I failed him. So yeah, for sure. um, throughout the process, it's just a matter of, Hey man, look, we all have a common goal, right? We have a common goal. We need to get this to the closing table. Uh, but we need to pick up the pace because otherwise we're going to have a very difficult conversation with our sellers. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and you, you can frame that in any way you want. But I choose to frame it in like, hey, I don't want to have that conversation with my seller because, frankly, they didn't want to take this offer. Right. 
right? Like, let's let's say it how it is, right? Like, it's a contingent offer. It's not the greatest thing out there. We could probably go and get something non-contingent. Sure, five grand less, right? But we could probably get something non-contingent. So my seller didn't necessarily want this offer, but we saw the value and the benefit in it. So we just need to pick it up so that I don't have to have that conversation with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of like you're playing to their level. Like, Hey man, I want to help you. Yeah. I want to help you. Um, I just need a little bit more. Yeah. So on, on, I mean, I think it all kind of ties in together, but I I'd say moving forward, like the, the job of a leader is to render yourself obsolete. Right. So you leaders create leaders or I mean, real leaders create leaders. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking as, as a corporal, right. In the Marine Corps, just keeping it on the military theme as a corporal, my job is to instruct and train, um, and inspire Lance corporals and PFCs and privates to want to get promoted, to want to do their job, to want to lead their peers. Cause it's yeah. not just up to a corporal to be a leader. It could be a Lance corporal. It could be a PFC leading a Lance corporal, right? So your job is to create other leaders as a leader. Um, and the way that I would do that, um, and I think everybody was extremely receptive to it, was um, giving people uh, an opportunity for leadership, so you you put them in leadership roles so that yeah they can get used to that and and what you do is you kind of you don't hover over them right you're not like a uh what do you call it a helicopter parent type thing right but you're there in case they have questions or you're there in case they're about to fuck something up majorly that you yeah. can kind of catch that and coach through it right but you're not there instructing them how to do every single thing. You're letting them kind of take the bull by the horns. And then you're acting as like, you know, the, the little guardrails on like on the bowling lane, you know? Yeah. Like when, when you're trying to teach your, uh, a kid how to bowl, like, or, um, that little yeah. rope thing between the skis <laughs> on new skiers, you know? You're you're there as like a guide, but you're not you're not there to do it for them. You put them in that mm-hmm. position because you think they're capable, you know, and and you're trying yep. to coach them through. But um, so that's how I would do it. Did you have any other ways of trying to inspire or uh, or you know create other leaders in the Marine Corps? <clears throat> Honestly, it was just um, leading by example with high standards. Um, in, in my shop, uh, we had a storage place for everything. Um, one thing I had learned from Wegmans way back in the day, uh, in one of my high school jobs was a process called simplification and where you label fucking everything. Um, and, uh, like your keyboard has a label on it. Uh, that says keyboard, like it has a spot. There's a spot for your keyboard, like dumbing it down to the lowest level. Um, that was one thing I, I instilled in my shop and, uh, I did that so that my Marines knew the standard that I was conducting business or, you know, the standard that I was living by every single day. And, um, that's, that it's the same for, you know, PT, like you don't have to be some God and do a million pull-ups, a million sit-ups and like the fastest run time, but you never bitch, right? You're always, you're always motivating everyone else. Um, you're always there on time and you're always putting in 110% effort, like until you fucking pass out. Right. So you lead, lead your shop a certain way. You lead PT a certain way. You, uh, you live your personal life a certain fucking way, um, that signals excellence to your subordinates. And when they see that they, it just, it becomes second nature for them as well. 
they start and, to follow suit. Yeah, and and it, it gives you credibility as a leader, right? Right, and you, because if, you're, if, you're, you're not telling them to do something that you're not doing yourself. Right, exactly, yeah. And, and you know, one, the, one company that I'm extremely in, inspired by every single fucking day is First Form. Um, every, every package that you get from First Form um, comes with a handwritten letter on the, uh, on the invoice, right? And it's addressed to you. It's talking about the product that you purchased and how it's going to help you um, obtain your goals. And the, the branding, um, like their gyms, their gym and their facility, the weights are put back a certain way, right? The numbers are always facing up so you can clearly read it. Everything's in line. Um, they will not let you back in the facility if you don't re-rack your weights afterwards. The right way. Right? So yeah. the right way. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a guest in their facility, they watch how you do that, and they'll never invite you back. Yeah. Um, and so those high standards um, – you know, that is, uh, prevalent through Andy though. Like, yeah, like Andy does that shit. He, he, he owns the motherfucker and he could go there and leave every last weight out there. Uh, and no one's going to say shit to him. Right. Well, first form, they might say shit to him, but yeah, he, the guy's a billionaire, right? So who's going to go and yell at him for not re-racking his weights for a place that he owns, right? right? But he does, and he wipes down every machine after he uses it. He re-racks the weights the way that he expects it, right? So everyone sees exactly what he's doing every single day, and that inspires them to do it the same way, to do the same fucking thing, to have the same level of excellence in their life that he's putting out. And I think what you're touching on too, maybe without implying, is uh, brilliance in the basics, right? That's kind of a, a Marine Corps yeah. uh, term as well, brilliance in the basics. And that's literally, it's forming your habits um, down to the nitty gritty, right? It's doing the small things the right way and doing it well and making that a habit because those small things... If you focus that much on the small things to do it well to a high standard, that's going to trickle on up to the big things. And not only that, but those small things stack, right? You talk about habit stacking and, um, you know, they, they stack and they ultimately build a big snowball, you know, and that is the, uh, I guess the magnificence of, a a quality job, you know? Uh, yep. uh, a you great know, result. Uh, I got a funny story. So I'm framing my office space and whatnot, right? You can see this. And um, my office is done now and I framed. Uh, so my buddy is in the construction industry and he's the one teaching me how to do all of this stuff. Um, and I framed a wall by myself. Uh, and it wasn't a standard wall where it's all just like, you know, one plate is straight across. Like I had to go around the duct work and all of that stuff. Um, so you have to do some bracing and, and other things. And um, so I start building this wall and I thought it looked pretty good. It wasn't, um, it wasn't fastened in or anything to the joists or uh, the floor. Um, but I thought it looked pretty good. And he comes over and he starts laughing at me. And he's like, hey, man, that's not how you're supposed to do it. We can make it work. Um, but, uh, it's not going to be, you know, the greatest looking wall. And we're probably going to have some hiccups when we, when we go to drywall it. And, uh, so I was like, well, if that's not the way it's supposed to be done, let's fucking tear it down. Like, I know I cut these two by fours. I know I cut the plates, like everything there. Like I already did so much work to put that wall up, but let's tear it down. Even if I have to go buy more lumber, uh, because of it tear it down. I want it done the right way. Um, and in all reality, it's not a load bearing wall, right? So nothing, there would be zero consequences of leaving the wall, the wall, the way it was the way I built it. 
There'd be yeah. zero consequences. We would get through the drywall. It would be just fine. Um, we'd figure it out, but I want it fucking done. Right. And I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be happy with myself if I didn't take the extra time to actually go and build that wall correctly. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not as down to the nitty gritty as I would love to be, uh, in many areas of my life, but I'm working every day to get better at that. And that I feel like is a fantastic start because it's a lot of fucking work. It's a lot of work to build a wall. Like I give, I give construction guys a lot of credit. And you know that you would go down there every single day and you would, you would know in, in your own head and your heart that I didn't do this the right way. This wall is not, yeah, it's up. And maybe I painted yeah, and it and no one put would some ever things know. on it, no and nobody would, would know, know except for me. But that's weighing on your conscience, right? And and so sometimes, most of the time, that is the worst thing that you can do is when when you know something is fucked up, but you just let it you let it stay that way, right? And yep. so I think going back to the leadership conversation is if you're a leader that if your subordinates see you fuck something up and you keep it that way or you just leave it as is, you leave it fucked up, mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to recognize that. You know? Yep. They're they're going to notice and then what's that going to do? For one, that's going to discredit you as a leader. Yep. Uh and everything that you tell them, they're just going to be like, "Yeah, yeah, fucking right." Like, I I don't believe that or, you know, um cuz I saw you do this, this and this. It also leaves yep. room open for them to do it too. Yep. And that's integrity, right? Yeah. Like, like it's easy. It's easy to go and do the things that you need to do in front of someone when someone's right. watching you. That's super easy to do. What's not easy to do is when you're the only one that knows about it. Yep. When nobody else knows and you need to go fix it, right? That's when you have real integrity. Yeah. And then also playing into how you can help some of your subordinates that plays into confidence too, right? When you're executing on the promises that you make to yourself, right? That is going to increase your confidence far more than anything else will, yeah. right? Because it's so easy. Like, like, let's say you're deadlifting, right? It, like you try, you try a new PR. Let's say, I don't know, call it 400 pounds and you can't pull 400, but you pull three, 395. You might, if, if it's just you, you might walk away from that bar and say, nah, fuck it. I can't get that extra five. Like it's all yep. good. Right. And that's going to decrease your own confidence unknowingly, but it's going to decrease your own confidence. But if somebody else is there, right, if someone else is there and said, no, man, you you told yourself you were going to fucking hit 400, right? So get on that bar and fucking pull, right? Yep. You're going to go and you're going to pull, and then your confidence is going to be that much higher because you broke through a barrier that you otherwise would have walked away from, right? Right. So doing that with yourself is going to show your subordinates that they can do it with themselves too. Yep. That they can increase their confidence just by executing and keeping the promises that they make to themselves. Right, right. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, so we we talked about uh, basically it was, what, 30 minutes of, well, 45 minutes almost of uh, leadership. What else um, from the military or the Marine Corps in general do you think that you've learned um, – or picked up that has kind of helped you in business um, or just in life in general. So I, I think if, if I were to start, I know I just asked you, but <laughs> if I were to start, um, I would say uh, work capacity, right? Um, because in, in the military, you don't, you don't get a fucking chance to take a break. If you need to, right. if, if you need to work, then you need to work. It doesn't matter if in, especially yeah. if you're a leader then you're working longer than everybody else. And so yep. um, r- real quick going back, it just popped in my mind. 
for the leadership topic um, is I, I just want to mention that leaders eat last, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's important because going back to the very first thing that you said is putting people first. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's showing your people that you care about them getting their food before you, right? If the food, if the food were limited, hypothetically, if Thanksgiving, right? If your Thanksgiving meals are limited and the, the food is running out, who's going to be the one who gets less of whatever, right? It'll be you. And as a leader, that is how it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Um, but so I just wanted to touch on that because I see that so often within our families and, you know, throughout life that everyone's just so quick to go get their food. And it's such a simple thing. It's so silly, but it makes a huge difference. And in, in this world, in civilian world, people won't even recognize that they don't even recognize, Oh, you know, he's always last to eat. They just think it's something that you do. You're, you're just last to eat. Like, no, it it's for a reason, you know. Yeah, when um, these when these dads when these dads go and they are the first ones to grab the food. Yeah. Right? Like I don't I don't know. I know that there's plenty of food there, but um that's self I don't know, it's selfish. Like make make sure everybody's a, gotten what they want first. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, okay, so moving back forward now, got to take a step back to get two steps forward. Um, what is something else that you think you've picked up from uh, the military that helps well, in life or business? Yeah, so I, I think like the whole, I think it's Jim Rohn that says it. Uh, could be wrong on that. But um, don't wish that it were easier. Wish that you were better. Yeah. Right? And that was a big thing for me um in pt right because i've never been a runner um we got we got pretty decent at running um but that was never my strong suit uh and then um you know there there were some mental hurdles that i had to get over because i was in the data side of things um and so anytime that I'd have to pull up a database uh, or add to a database or anything like that, I'd get confused mentally because of my dyslexia. Um, And so uh, part of that was like, holy shit, this is fucking hard. And uh, you want to give up. When it gets hard, you want to give up. Um, But if you just tell yourself that you need to get better, you take ownership of it and you – go and you actually do get better right like you study you train you practice you do all of those things to get better like that is fucking powerful and so in real estate when you're having a bad couple of months um don't fucking sit back and and uh pity yourself because it's hard just get better execute more practice more right like a lot of it like a lot of success in general is just a numbers game right how many fucking times are you going to try right and every single time that you try you unknowingly get better you say something a little bit different or you say it in a different way or a different voice or tonality (laughs) right and then you finally succeed um that's it's i think for me that's probably one of the biggest things is just like don't wish it were easier just wish you were better it's i mean it's what you were just saying is kind of like that you know that meme where you got the two little characters like uh one they're they're both digging for gold or whatever but uh the one like stops super early yeah um or no the the one stops like right before he gets to the fucking gold and and he jumps out of the hole or whatever then the other guy uh, actually gets the gold because he like dug one scoop further, right? Yeah, it's just wishing you had put in that extra rep, right? That would make yep. you better. Um, yeah, and so I and think that's yeah. Go ahead. And that uh, I have this book here, "The Power of One More." Yeah, right. 
that's the premise behind that book by Ed Milet is, is one more rep, right? Actually go, go back Just to, and grab that book one, real quick. It can, you can continue talking. Just hold on, <laughs> hold on to it for a second. Cause I'm going to touch on something, but you can continue your thought, finish your thought. <laughs> no, I'm not going to hold it there. <laughs> no, I was just saying the whole premise of it is just one more rep, one more try. Um, even, even if you hit the amount of reps that you say, let's say, let's say you're working out, right? Because it's an easy metaphor. You're working out and you say you're going to do 12 reps. Do fucking 13 because that 13th rep is what's going to break you past that barrier. That's going to increase, like you were saying, that's going to increase your capacity for the next round, right? You're going to be able to push more weight longer. Right? And so, and the, the dude that you're competing with is not doing that 13th rep. Right. So it's putting you one rep yeah. above. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the whole, I think it was a diamond mine, but the gold mine thing yeah, yeah. where they're they're hatching away at the uh in the mines is like it's like man if you tried one more if you had one more swing in you one more fucking breath in you or one more eff, uh piece of effort in you um you would have got there right yep. you would have had the riches and a lot of times for a lot of people they just give up too soon they don't fail right they they ultimately end up failing because they quit but they don't fail. They just give up too soon. Yep. And so like Will says, right? You have to take quitting off the fucking table. Yeah. If you take quitting off the table, then you can't fucking fail. Right. So it's funny that you just mentioned him because open up that book there on the first page and, and put up to the camera what it says. <laughs> yeah. So it says pivot, right? Will wrote pivot. So yeah. I, I take that as improvise, adapt, and overcome, right? That's like a Marine Corps motto. Improvise, adapt, yep. and overcome. So no matter mm -hmm. what kind of challenge you face in life or in business or whatever, like you have to you have to figure it out. Everything yeah. in life is figure outable, right? So right. you just have to figure out how to fucking do it. And it's it's using what you got where you are um with the time that you have and just getting through that forcing yourself through it and overcoming that challenge whatever it is yeah and and you know i think one of the things that separates you and i from other realtors right in the in the real estate industry is um the whole concept of everything works and nothing doesn't yeah. Right. There's so many people out there that they want to get good at one thing. They just, they just go all in a hundred percent on one thing. And that's great in some areas of life, but in many areas of life, you just need to do enough, right? Like you need to do something else that your competition is not doing. And if you're doing that one thing that your competition is not doing, you're going to stand out. And for us, it's YouTube, right? Nobody in our area is doing YouTube. Nobody yep. in our area is doing Instagram reels like we're doing. Nobody in our area is pushing out the educational content that we're doing, right? So everything works and nothing doesn't. If we didn't do any of that, we wouldn't be set apart from our competition at all. Right. And it's, so, it's, not, even, it's not even that the results 100% have caught up yet, right? But it's the... It's the they're delayed. And, and and that's it. That. Yeah, it's the they're, they're lagging indicators, right? Where you got people coming up to you in the store. You know, I yeah. I recognize you from somewhere. You know, where yeah. do I know you from or whatever? Yeah. And then that triggers your mind. Well, I know where you saw me. It was social media. Um or it's people reaching out to you like, "Hey, I saw this one video. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?" You know, right. even if they're not buying or selling right now. You know, yep. they're that that seed is planted, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, everything works and nothing doesn't. Um, and I, I yeah, I mean, that's a good point because it's it's where you can separate yourself amongst the competition, you know, that yeah. and 
increasing your capacity for more. So the the piece that I had said um, when talking about you know additional things the military is taught is increasing your capacity to to do more. So to put more work on the table, right? Without without bitching about it, without um, without I mean without complaining, without uh, you know, shaking your knees, basically, you know, it's just, you just put your head down and keep doing it. And, you know, it's, I think that we have the, the mindset of, yeah, let's add some more to it. Right. Um, well, there, there is, there is a concept, there's a concept of getting distracted, right. If you're doing too much, but yep. If you're, I mean, so many people can only handle certain buyers, right? A, a certain amount yep. of buyers or a certain amount of yep. listings or whatever. It's like, no, I mean, you can increase your capacity for more, for one, right? By getting used to doing that much, figuring out systems and, and processes to to deal with yes, that. That's what it is. Yep. And, and you can just handle it, improvise, adapt, and overcome, right? Figure it the fuck out and yep. and deal with it. What were, what were you going to say though? The, the Marine Corps is great at at subtly increasing your capacity. Um every rank, right? Uh every rank has a certain level of responsibility. And when you're a lance corporal, you're in charge of PFCs and privates. Right? When you're a corporal, you're in charge of lance corporals, PFCs and privates. Yeah. Right? And and so on and so forth up the chain. And so every rank that you get promoted to, you have a little more capacity, a little more capacity, so on and so forth. And if you actually want to be really good, um, you increase your, you intentionally increase your capacity before you hit that rank, right? That's like where the meritorious motions come into play and stuff is like, Hey, I've already accepted this responsibility prior to having the rank. Yeah. Right. I'm already leading these Marines or these people here. Yeah. And that, and that's the point of like success is a lagging indicator, right? Whatever yeah. that success is, that's a lagging indicator because you're probably already doing the things necessary for success um, before it actually catches up, before the money catches up with you or the title and, or the yeah. status or whatever. And that's actually a great point that I, I, I've i been wanting to talk about for a while now is um, – the, I mean, you, you hear so often people are saying, you know, um, that's above my pay scale or, yeah. you know, I, I, that's not in my job description. Right. And yeah. so they don't do certain things because it's the manager's level right above them. So they don't, yep. they don't lead other team members because that's the manager's job or, you know, mm-hmm. their boss or whatever. We would hear in the Marine Corps, uh, you know, I'm not a corporal, I can't do that. Or I'm not a sergeant, I can't do that. It's like, no, you should be doing that. You should be. You should be doing the work before you're supposed to be doing the work. That's the only way that you can ever be recommended for promotion. It's the only way you can ever be recommended for a real leadership position and actually given that title, right, is because you're already doing it, like you just said. And a lot of people set themselves up for failure and stay mediocre forever because mm-hmm. they they fail to recognize that and they, they fail to actually step up when people are looking for them to step up because it's not in their job description. They're not getting paid right. for it yet, you know? Right. Yeah. And yeah, as, and- as far as I'm concerned, if, if, if I'm going to get promoted, like if, say, I'm a manager and I see somebody already doing that position and I'm in charge of, uh, you know, or I have a certain amount of pull within the company. I'm going to go to the hiring manager. I'm going to go to whoever my boss is or whoever's in charge of maybe HR or something and request yep. that they get the upper end of that pay scale when they get promoted because yep. they've already been doing that job. You know, and, yeah. and people don't recognize that there are leaders like that who are going to be looking out for you if you're putting out for them, you know? Yep. So I think that's yeah, important. And I would even add on to that and say that right now, uh, let's say you're in the military. If you're a corporal, you should be taking on responsibilities that a staff sergeant 
should be having. Right. Right. I, so Andy Frisella talks about this all the time that there's so much competition in that next phase, right? Uh, in, you know, money, anywhere from 100,000 to 500,000, there's a huge pool of people that are aspiring to make that amount of money, right? Out of college or in their business or whatever the case is. The competition is far less when you're talking about five, six, seven, eight, 20, 30, 40 yeah. million, right? So if you're a corporal, and you're trying to increase your capacity to do the level of work that a staff sergeant's doing, your competition on a meritorious board is going to be far less because everyone is so focused on either trying to take the responsibilities of a corporal or a sergeant, Yeah. right? If, if they're motivated and they want to go a step above, they'll be trying to take the responsibilities of a sergeant. But if you're a corporal, you should be trying to do the staff sergeant's work or responsibility yeah. uh, because you're going to set yourself apart. There's far less competition in that realm because no one else wants to do that work. They're right. so focused on what next, right? So um, you won't pick up the rank of a staff sergeant for a little while, probably five years, right? Right. That's typically, typically seems to be the gap, but if you become a sergeant and now you're looking at a gunny's responsibilities, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be fucking stellar. Yep. Right. So I, you're I, probably I, gonna be the finest marine out there. I, I think about it kind of like you're climbing a ladder, right? Where if you if you actually think about climbing a ladder, do you really put your feet and your hands on the same rung at the same time? Mm -mm. You never do that, right? You never put both hands on the same rung either. Right. And so when you're climbing, one hand is always one rung the above other. the other hand, right? And then you keep bounding, basically, yep. right? And so each time you bound, that is metaphorically uh, uh, the second higher position, right? Yep. The one that nobody else is going for. Um, and, I mean, there's less people at the top. That's yep. that's just fact, you know? There's that's less sergeant majors in the Marine well, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's less sergeant majors in the Marine Corps than there is sergeants, than there is lance corporals, right? It's easier to be mediocre, bottom tier, you know. It's easier. It's 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 the triangle, you know. It's a, or a pyramid, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. A whole shit ton of people at the bottom, and then one person at the top, or ten people at the top. Like, yeah, that's just how it works out. But you should always be the one trying to um bound and escalate uh you know they they always say dress for the job that you're trying to get or that you want right you go in and you dress like the ceo you know pretty soon you'll be there you'll start thinking like that you'll start acting like that you know yep. but yep. um do you have do you have any more uh things that you want to touch on before we sign off here no man i think uh I think the the biggest thing is, you know, with leadership, it's always, always, always people first, um, and and when you start integrity people, driven, yeah, and yeah. when you start taking taking people first, putting people first, um, and inspecting what you expect with them, right, and and actually leading by example, and with integrity, uh, things are going to change for you. People are going to respect you. People are going to want to follow you right? And they won't care that you're the leader. They're going to just naturally want to follow you yeah. um, without yeah. any title, without any fucking title. Um, and then uh, when things get hard for you, just wish you were better. Don't wish yeah. it were easier. Just wish you were better um, and get pivot. to work on the execution. Yeah, yeah. Pivot, adapt, improvise, and overcome or improvise, adapt, yeah. and overcome. Um, it starts with knowing yourself, right? It starts with knowing yourself and seeking and desiring to be better. Because um, yep. if you don't have That's, that desire, I mean, the, then... The leadership trait, know yourself yeah. and seek uh, self-improvement. Yeah. If you don't... I mean, if you're not cognizant of the uh, your faults, right? Your downfalls in your leadership ability or your um, your professional skills or communication skills or anything like that, there's no way you can yeah. possibly get better at it. 
you know? Right. So it's, you have to recognize that. And then there's no way that you can help other people within that realm too. If right. you don't know how to do it and you've never been through it. So right. I, I think it's all important, but guys, we just wanted to um, kind of touch on those things in the light of veterans day and the Marine Corps birthday. Um, I think that it's always important. I think the military is a, uh, a uh, huge, um, system for learning you know even if you don't stay in for 20 years or whatever i think that there's so much to be learned especially at those lower ranks the lower levels that can really set you up for great success in the future in whatever civilian realm you're uh pursuing um yep you've got a lot of the soft skills and a lot of the hard skills that most people don't have. They're not being taught that in college or in high school, right? You only get it through the hard work that is the military or, say, law enforcement or something like that, right? You're only getting it through those type of professions. Um, yep. And so the second best thing that you can do is learn from learn from it when you hear about it, you know? Yep. Um, or study or read books about it. You know, Jocko Willink is a yep. good one. Um, there's a lot of other good authors that teach this kind of stuff, but we just thought it would be beneficial to everybody to talk about what we learned, um, coming from, you know, two normal dudes who are trying to do big things in the world, I guess. Um, so that being said, if you have nothing else, I have nothing else, guys, be sure to subscribe to the channel, um, subscribe on all the, whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. We will have the the video episodes coming back out again. Um, I think we figured out these technical kind of glitches here. So hopefully everything is good. Hopefully you guys can watch it and listen to it at the same time. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so yeah. we're gonna be we're on all platforms, of course. Drop that subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Real Avery Hamilton and Anthony M Hamilton. Um, anything I'm missing, Avery? Nope, that's it. Uh, one thing, um, as much as we love recording these podcasts, we would love even more to help you in your real estate needs. So we are licensed realtors in the state of New York. Um, so go ahead and, you know, drop us a follow or, uh, give us a call or email. Um, just throwing in that quick, uh, call to action because we haven't done that on the podcast yet. So what's that? Yeah. Quick plug. Yeah. Quick plug. So be sure to call we us if you guys need anything. We're always here. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. We're here if you guys need anything. Um, just let us know. We're uh, looking forward to the next one, guys. See you. Bye.